Continuing looking at Galatians, we're looking at verse 16 through 21, but a focus on verse 19. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. So, We picked Were You There for the song for this morning because this is the question that Paul is forcing upon us. And to that, he says, yes, I was there. I was a part of it. I actually died with him and rose with him. And so here in this passage, Paul is unfolding the great and central doctrine of justification by faith. 
the good news that sinful men and women can be brought into a right relationship with God, not through their own works, but through faith in Christ. So here's one of the most important passages for understanding the key doctrine of justification by faith. And part of that doctrine is that we have been in this strange, this spiritual, this mystical, but real way, we have been united to Christ. We were there. We were crucified with him, and we rose with him. And so what I want us to think about is this line, what does it mean to live to God? Verse 19, for through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. How is it that now we're supposed to live to God? And what we see here is that the life of faith is meant to draw wisdom from the law, but its foundation is now Christ. So what Paul is arguing is that the way we live to God doesn't bring about the end of the law itself, but it does bring about the end of its ultimate claim for authority in the life of believers. We're no longer under it. I think that's what he means by I've died to it, meaning it's not the ultimate authority. It now has to be filtered through the gospel, filtered through Christ, his person, his work, his words. And that's a challenge, really is a challenge. Because you think about that phrase, that I might live to God. I mean, all Jews desire to live to God. But what Paul is forcefully arguing here is that there's only one way to do that. And so notice the death-to-life language. There has been this irreversible break with his past, and he's been made new. The old self has been crucified. It actually died. And then he rose again. This is not a near-death experience. It's an actual death experience. See, the crucifixion has changed his life. So Paul is not looking back on this as simply a historical event that he can look on at a distance, but it's something that he has experienced. He was there. You you can kind of think about the difference in the way maybe a historian might talk about World War II as opposed to someone who was in the 101st Airborne and was dropped behind enemy lines in Normandy, and actually liberated concentration camps throughout Germany. The way they would talk about, articulate, express, would be very different than the way a historian might look back. And here, Paul's no historian. He's saying that, I was there. I experienced it. By faith, I have been united to him. So living to God means that you've experienced something with someone that changes the foundation of your life. And this is actually hard to wrestle with because what Paul is saying that his old life has now been replaced. It's no longer I live. (laughs) So there's this new person who's living. My old life has been replaced and it's also been remade and the life that I now live. And faith is the sign, the act whereby we join our life to the life of Christ. And we recognize that now we're inhabiting a different story. And there's another truth about who we are. And so this also gets at the key doctrine of union with Christ. So what I want you to take a moment and think about now is that Paul's challenge to Peter, that he was challenging him that what drove Peter and what drove his behavior to pull back and not eat any longer with the Gentiles was not a theological principle or a conviction about the implications of the gospel. But rather, it was not a truth from Jesus that he was working out, but rather it was fear of this small group who was putting pressure on him. 
So Paul is saying, almost just like Peter denied Jesus when the servant pressured him on the night Jesus was crucified, so he is caving to the external pressure now. But it's not the gospel that's driving his behavior. And before we're too hard on Peter, I think it would really be worth spending some time today reflecting on what it is that actually drives your behavior. Is it the fear of man, like you have with Peter? Or is it driven by the outworkings and implications of this theological and spiritual reality, like you have with Paul? I mean, if even Peter is going to stumble here, then that means we're all going to stumble here. But let's take a few moments today and let that phrase, so that I might live to God, rumble around in your mind. What does that mean for you? Because you were there. If you're a Christian by faith, you are united to his death, his burial, his resurrection, and you've been made new. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. So what does that mean for Christ to live in me today? How will I live for God today? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. 